Welcome to the Can of Coin Podcast with Q Nicole. And I am excited about today's episode because I want this podcast to really break down the creativity and the ingenuity that exists that's happening in this cannabis renaissance, right? And so we're going to dive into a dynamic episode with a dynamic founder and CEO. But before we do that, you know, I always start off every episode with a hot topic. So today's hot topic is about the controversy. And if I'm, you know, if I use the right word, I think it's almost like inconsistent that there's so much controversy around infusing cannabis or infusing the cannabis herb into body care items and topicals, but we don't talk about infusing lavender and other types of herbs in other commercial products. So the state of North Carolina has recently passed a bill that is going to qualify the amount of milligrams of hemp, not the part of cannabis that Rick James was talking about, the Mary Jane, but the most non-aggressive, the most non-controversial aspect of the plant, the hemp version, they are saying that infusing hemp into products can cause psychoactive reactions. They're even going as far as to say that these infusions into topicals can should be compared to the infusion of alcohol into products. And if an individual is consuming a CBD, hemp-derived CBD topical, and they have like a fender bender or an accident, then it should be treated like drunk driving. Well, do you say the same thing when I use my downy fabric softener and it's infused with lavender and I get a little sleepy behind the wheel? Are we calling downy and saying, hey, your lavender is making people sleepy? I think it's very important that we begin to treat the herb like the herb, I will always say that we should separate the definition of cannabis by non-psychoactive, psychoactive, and industrial, because there are plenty of applications of this plant. And to provide only one aspect of it with the personality of being psychoactive diminishes all of the other phenomenal aspects of the cannabis plant. So with that said, we're going to jump right into the psychoactive part today. We're going to talk to... Mac Parks about Smacked by Mac. Guys, we are, this is going to be a little bit of a combination of a conversation because Mac is the actual founder and CEO of a rolling paper line. Yes, I am. This is huge. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell us all about this phenomenal product line that you have. So I have a rolling paper company that I started back in August of last year. And it's kind of been like a passion project for the past year. And I've been excited about every every step of the process. I do the marketing for it, the branding. I do all my packaging. And it's kind of just like, it started as just a hobby, I guess you could say. But now I kind of want to like take it and make it into like my nine to five. And like, I really am super passionate about growing the business and getting it to more shops and more hands across the world. So. Yes, honey, you are yes. making it your nine to five. Mm-hmm, you I know, will. I was just telling uh, our producer, a phenomenal Coriel, that the most important thing that you can have when you're building something is enthusiasm. Yes. And I love the fact that you're enthused about what you're mm-hmm, building. So that's absolutely. huge. So what brought you to the place where you wanted to perhaps, you know, create this type of product? Okay, so I actually used to work in the music industry. I still do a couple of things like here and there. But I used to always be on set or in the music studio and people would always say like, oh, like, can you roll this up for me real quick? Can you roll this real fast? And I kind of just started learning how to roll every different materials like backwoods, graba leaf, papers, paper in fronto, like just different things. And one day 
I had an interview to be someone's personal assistant. I can't really say who it is. I signed a That's cool. NDA. No problem. <laughs> but I was super excited, and I thought this was like my first like step to get you know like in the industry even farther and like you know meet more people and network a little bit more. So I had the meeting with her manager and the artist, and during the interview, her manager was asking me kind of questions I thought. I wasn't too sure how to do with like the job role too much, but you know, I respected it, answered the questions, and when I asked the artist if she had any questions for me, the only question that she asked me was if I knew how to roll blunts. Mm. And I kind of was just like, that's all you want to ask me? Like, that's it? And it kind of threw me off a little bit. So when I got home, I thought like I did a pretty decent job. I had called my mom up and I said, yeah, like they told me they'll get back to me in like a week or two. Like, I'll see what happens. I'll follow up. So I wait a little bit further on. And this is during COVID. So like, at this one, I just finished school and I'm kind of wondering like, what am I gonna do with like my mm -hmm. life because the whole world is just frozen right now. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't end up getting the job and I was kind of like defeated that day and I tried to roll up just to like, you know, let me smoke a little bit. And when I went to go roll up my blunt, the paper would not like stick in the back with that I was rolling with originally had like so many holes in it. And I was trying to just like make a band-aid out of it right, basically. I was right. trying to make something work and it just wasn't working. And I was like, man, like why is this paper not sticking right? And it's not burning right either. And I was so frustrated, it just ruined the whole experience. Yeah. And so. I kind of just thought to myself, like, well, like, fuck it. Like, I'll just make something myself. Facts. And so that was just kind of what started it. And then I just went through the process of, like, how to find a vendor, like, sampling products and, you know, trial and error. And then that's how I came up with Passion project. Smack. Yeah. What a passion project. You know, it's nothing worse than having whatever you are consuming with not work, whether it's your paper. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about, I'm a paper girl. Okay. Um, started with Tops. I'm Faithful to like bamboo and 1.5s, mm -hmm. I feel like I enjoy a slow burn. Okay. I personally have never, I never really enjoyed like raw because I always felt that raw just burns so fast. Like it burns really, really fast. So tell me your preference. Okay. Other, so I mean, clearly smack is your preference. My preference is smack. Yeah. Clearly. I only smoke smack pack. That's the only thing I'm, yes, you know, rolling pack. up with. But um, I think that usually I started smoking backwards at first. And then I went off from backwards because I don't want to say they're not good for you, but like I think that it depends on what type of high you really want to have. It's yeah. more of a head high. Yeah. And I feel like I would find myself stuck a lot of the times if I used a backwood. So then I went into Graba Leaf, which is a little bit, I want to say less nicotine or it hits a little bit differently, you know? So I would buy the Graba Leaf and same, backwoods started getting expensive. Yeah. I don't know, um, I'm from California originally, so... When you go back to California, you could try to find a pack of backwoods. You're going to spend like $15, $20 sometimes. That's crazy. It's not how it used to be. I think out in Atlanta, the last time I really was buying backwoods, I want to say it was like $7 That's or like crazy. $8. They were not as pricey for real. When I go back home to California, $15. And it depends on which you're buying. But like if you're buying probably what? Sweet Aromatic, probably like $10, $11. White Russians, $15. Like they, they're expensive. So... I will buy the big leaf. If you buy the big green like bag of the graba leaf, you could save that, you reseal it, and you have a, probably at least 10 blunts in that one thing. Look at you being economical yeah, with your recreational kinda... habits. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what started that. And then you obviously need a paper to wrap it around the graba leaf because yeah. I feel like graba leaf, at least for me, it doesn't seal as well unless you're just putting a bunch of spit on it. Mm. And I don't like when like the mm -hmm. blunt gets too wet like that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of was out. And then... The papers that I was using, I don't want to down talk the brand, but the papers I was using, they they don't seal that well. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's a, I guess a big factor with a lot of papers is the adhesive on it. It's there, but it makes it harder to roll because if you're trying to finish the blunt, you didn't put as much moisture on the end. It's gonna start opening up, and mm -hmm. so it just makes it harder. I feel like my papers that I have now are kind of more beginner friendly for like people who are trying to roll papers, mm -hmm. or even if you just want it to be easier and make sure it's sealed when you 
tuck it tight is going to hold tight and not loosen up. I love that. So that's how my paper is. I actually, can I show you? Yeah. Okay? I mean, yeah. I would love for you to show me. And so your papers are actually made from hemp. So I have two types actually on okay. my website. So the green label that you see right there, that okay. is my hemp paper. Okay. Um, these right here are wood pulp papers, which okay. is, um, they're both organic. My papers are honestly so natural that you can eat them. Like yes. they're that edible, that smooth of a burn. They're amazing. So this is a competitor paper. Mm-hmm. And so competitors shall remain nameless. Yes. So and I want you to try. Actually, you can do it. OK. Um, so because I love one point fives and tops, I don't like long papers. So we just gone. And I'm going to show gone. It just do what I would do if it was a lot shorter. So. All right. So we're going to do this. And then. I just sealed the competitor paper. Okay. But it opens. Ah. Like it's not really doing the job that it's supposed to. Yeah. But then, if you look at this, okay, that is this our is smack paper. I like how light it is. Thank you. So it's very light. I'm going to give you, this one right here is our wood pulp, but if you do it with our hemp paper, same, mm -hmm. same um, formula, the only thing that's different is the paper type. You know, one of the things that I like about paper versus, again, I, I just started with papers versus leaves, mm -hmm. but I love how when, I feel like if you deal with paper, you're dealing with the actual product inside of the, the joint, oh, as opposed to like a lot of other things. So this is my paper. Ah. It's not going to open. Oh, that's not going anywhere. Unless you rip it, but then the paper's ripped. Yeah. So it's a lot tighter. I only seal this side, but compared to this... It's a lot tighter. Mm -hmm. And see, I hate air inside of my, like you can't, I hate any interruption yeah. to my euphoric experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know if it starts burning bad and canoeing, so that's another thing about the slow oh, burn. Oh, when, when it you, comes on the side? When you wrap it tight enough, if you don't get that even roll on it, when you start pulling your blunt, if you're like pulling too heavily, it's going to start canoeing, so it's going to start burning uneven. I hate that. So at that point, I feel like you're essentially kind of wasting weed because... It's not burning the same. So by the time you finish, you're going to have to put it out. You have all that charred. It's like the, charred weed mm -hmm. and you didn't even get anything from it. You didn't get to smoke it for real. So this is a lesson for everyone yeah. who wants to smoke and get all the value out of what you smoke. You need smack. You need a smack You guys pack. need to get smacked. You got to yeah, get smacked. You have to get smacked. Period. Yeah. So when you first started, tell me about your experience coming out in terms of like your emergence to being vocal about your cannabis consumption. Um... Not at all, actually. I was one of those kids growing up. I actually was like a really good kid. Like I never tried anything in high school. Um, I kind of was I the person you. that I would tell my friends, like if they're smoking at the party, I'll tell my mom to pick me up, mm -hmm. like that type of girl. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it's because I played water polo when I was in Junior Olympics. I was a national charity. Like I was just always so busy and like doing, you know, school focused things. Did you have the stigma back then because you were so focused that you didn't want to be around it because it's, um, it represented something that was like non-focused or... I think that I was just raised to be very, like, anti-drug. Like, okay. I think the way, like, my mom just always, like, instilled, like, it's kind of like if you do it, you're going to be the one that ends up getting laced. You're going to be the one that ends up, and she would make it just such a, like, taboo thing kind of. But I think there is ways to be safe and, like, obviously regulate the things that you do in life. Yeah. So I feel like anything that you do responsibly, I feel like everything is good within, like, moderation. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, you can get laced eating anything, drinking anything. Like, yeah. it's just a matter of just, like, how careful you are with participating in anything that you do. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I just wanted to be, like, a good kid. I know my mom, like, you know, did a good job raising me, and I didn't want to disappoint her. Um, and then when I once I got out to school at Spelman, it kind of was just like, okay, well, this is another thing. I don't know if I can really say this. <laughs> I mean, it's a safe space. Um, 
I was always like the only black girl. And yeah. so in my head, it kind of was like, I knew I was different and I never wanted to get in trouble for anything really because I knew I wouldn't get the same repercussions. Like I knew that yep. in my life, I have to be better. better. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have to work harder. I have to have my resume has to be better. And yeah. you know, I just have to be, I can't be that And you can't stereotypical. assign yourself to the stereotype. Exactly. exactly. So I think that was kind of like a main focus for me as well. Um, and then once I got to college, I think I got a little bit more lax because I went to Spelman. It was my first time ever around like all black, black students. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in high school, I was the only black girl graduating in my class of 684. Get out of here. There was probably two or three other um, black girls and they were all half Asian. Um, mm. And I want to say there was probably one other like California, possibly. Yeah, but I went. I'm from Orange County. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different from LA for sure. So yeah. I didn't have that, you know, black interaction for real in Orange County. Okay, so yeah. you, you're understanding. Very familiar. But um, it wasn't until I got to Spelman that I started normalizing certain things as like, oh, okay, like everyone's kind of doing this, or like this is kind of acceptable, or I just started viewing the world from a different lens. I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that was kind of what made me kind of like more accepting over trying different things. Mm -hmm. Weed's kind of the only thing I've ever experimented with. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm I'm anti like pill usage. Mm -hmm. um, anything that's not like FDA approved kind of or not like natural, I'm mm -hmm. not really like a, I respect oh, I'm going to try it, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, we're not talking about a drug anyway. Exactly. We're talking it's about a, herb. a plant. It's so, an herb. Exactly. So um, I think that was probably like my main thing. But once I got into it, I feel like I kind of, wanted to learn more of like the how to and science to it. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to know why with like everything in life. Like, why does that happen? Like, why is that occurring more so than just trying things because the masses are doing it? Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how I just kind of like eased into it slowly. I have a CPA for you that's in Orange County. Really? Yeah, and they specialize in cannabis. So okay, it'll be good me. for you. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. You know, what I love about your story is very similar to mine in that high school and even in college, I did nothing. Mm -hmm. I was definitely the one that was like, it's going to make me you know, not perform as well. I'm not going to be able to really achieve, so I can't do it. And I remember when I finally was open to it, the first time I consumed was someone who someone blew me a gun because I couldn't yeah. even psychologically wrap my mind around smoking. It right. <laughs> it was like, it was so unladylike, right? That's it was what like, my mom used to tell me. She said, it's not feminine. It's just not feminine. I'm like, it's not about feminine. Like, my mind is running 3,000 miles <laughs> exactly. a minute. Like, and when you are, and when you're a high achievement, especially like scholastically, et cetera, you do need something to kind of help you reset mm -hmm. in a way so that you can continue to show up. Because and just relax a little bit. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it was funny because I remember when I went to college, the speech that my mom gave me and I attended the University of Maryland College Park, she was like, take your own alcohol and roll whatever you want, roll it yourself. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can roll it? She was like, all I'm going to say is just roll it yourself. And I have yeah. a 78-year-old mom that was born in 1945, so I'm grateful that she went through the 60s mm -hmm. because she tells me that the only time she consumed was at an Earth, Wind & Fire concert and she just couldn't stop laughing. She was like, so I don't have a problem with it. I just yeah. couldn't stop laughing and I just didn't want to laugh that much anymore. And so I love that you were able to kind of develop your own relationship with it oh, as yeah, opposed sure. to like, you know, following. And and even if you, if anyone happens to have followed pressure in order to get involved, seeing the medicinal aspects of mm -hmm. it and not seeing it as a drug, I think is exactly. what's so powerful. And the world's changing. I honestly feel like by the time I have kids, like in there in high school, it's not going to be looked at as like it's alcohol. Oh, people do weed. No, like it's just. And it's much healthier you know? than everything else. Everything. Every, and everyone keeps saying all of these things like, oh, if you smoke too much. And, and okay, 
in consum- you know, everything in moderation, but let's really talk about like the difference between I could wake up and go to work the next day. I mean, very functional. If you have a wild you might night, get the best from me. If- the best sleep of my life. The next if I get drunk that night and need to go to work the next day, it's over. I'm gonna have the worst day. I can't hang. Weed, you're straight. Yeah. It's fine. You get a great sleep. You wake up feeling refreshed for the most part. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like I think it just has such a negative connotation. We need to break those barriers down. And I think that that's what slowly is starting to happen with like the power of social media and people yeah. being able to like have widespread information on certain things. Yeah. So I think probably within the next like 10 years, because they already like decriminalized it federally. So I say the next three. I think really? it's already on TV. I mean, yeah. I remember watching an episode of a show with Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. I bring this up all the time. And when I saw Gabrielle rolling up, I was like, okay. So it's about, it's about to become like <laughs> yeah. family friendly, right? Uh-huh. So then let's talk about like the negative stigma. Being a Spelman graduate, mm-hmm. being a woman that was the only African-American of your class, did you find that your social circle looked at you differently when you came out or became so vocal about your interest in Oh, my cannabis? God, absolutely. You uh, were judged. My, well, my Stop friends. Stop being judgy, people. <laughs> Stop being judgy. My friends from back home, because I was the one that never did it in high school, so a couple of them, you know, had tried every now and then. And they would always ask me to smoke with them, even down to when I would fly back home for like breaks in college, I still wouldn't smoke with my friends from back home. And they would get like offended, kind of, you never want to smoke with us. No, like, I don't, I'm not a pothead. Like, you know, like that's how I was processing in my head. And I don't need it all the time. And because I honestly just didn't find the need to like want to be high around them because I didn't use it like socially at that point. It was just more of like, I want to slow down. I want to go to sleep. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a social thing for me at that point. Um, so I feel like they kind of looked at it as I can't believe you're even now when I do all the stuff for my brand and they see me post on Instagram or they'll ask me questions. Like, How's the business going in their heads? They're so like shocked that like I even have a rolling paper company, have anything to do with marijuana. Like it is like the most odd thing to them. But I just say you meet people in stages. And so it's funny for them. They met me back then. But for you, it's like this is how you know me. Exactly. So, you know, and I'm happy about the brand that I'm building for it. So I'm definitely excited to see where it goes. And I think that they're going to be supportive no matter what, you know. That's so, so good. So, friends, please get smacked. We know you smoke. You should only yes. be smoking the smack pack. Exactly. Only. only. <laughs> so talk about how we met. Um Michaela and I actually participated in a phenomenal pitch competition sponsored by Girls Inc. and J.P. Morgan Chase. Thank you so much. And we competed against maybe 12 to 15 other businesses. And it was for an actual, it was a pitch competition and it was for an actual prize um, that was being distributed that day. And so all of these other businesses were beauty businesses. They were um, you know, tech businesses. And then here, Michaela and I come at a beauty event with a bunch of women who were super corporate, right? <laughs> I'm talking about all the uses of the plant, topicals, et cetera. She's coming up talking smack pack and we won first and second place, the only two awards. And yeah. I'm just excited because that speaks to how popularized it's becoming. People see how lucrative the industry is going to be. You know what I mean? This is a growing multi-billion dollar industry. Multi-billion dollar. Big B. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be huge. Well, and I tell people all the time, when you think about global impact in terms of products, it's like water, coffee, and cannabis. Mm -hmm. Those are the three. Because what we're finding is as as, as it's becoming more common, more people are coming out the woodwork sharing, like, I use this, For I this. do this, I, you know, consume this. And it's so relaxed. It's so great to watch and to see everyone kind of embrace it and give it exactly. a new name. I feel like a lot of people thought it was too taboo to talk about. 
Yeah. Now they're getting comfortable. Yeah. So talk about what inspired you, aside from obviously your own use, but what inspired you to go in this direction and actually choose a paper? It Was it literally the fact that you just didn't like your experience being compromised by poor paper quality? Um, to be honest, I think... This is, I haven't really shared this out loud before, but um, actually I wanted to do a leaf at first. Okay. So um, it's very hard to find a leaf distributor um, and a vendor from anywhere. You have to go overseas for the most part. Yeah. And communication is very, very, very slow. So the DR, Panama, um, Venezuela, like I was in communication with a bunch of people like all over the world trying to find it. I got some samples sent to me um, and nothing was turning out right. And then I found someone, I believe in Miami, uh, but by the time it would get to me, it just the quality of it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And I, it was just a hard process. So in my head, I said, well, when people start fashion lines, they start with T-shirts. So what can I start with? Yeah. And then I like thought, mm, what else do you use when you roll up? And then I thought, well, you know, when the wood is bad, you use paper. Yeah. Like when you need to seal up for gravel leaf, use paper. Let me do some papers. That's and so awesome. I started with that. And then I started doing my research on that. And that's how I slowly just started to grow with it. Yeah. And so What was your major at Spelman? Political science. Okay, political <laughs> science. This is a great segue to my next question. Being, you know, we know about how difficult this industry is mm -hmm. and how hard businesses, uh, the time that they have, like growing and branding, advertising, marketing, all of the above. Yes. So what challenges did you or have you had to overcome or navigate through as a cannabis business owner? Um, so right now, I think that my main things are my trademark and I'm filing a patent that I'm not really going to talk about. Yeah, not much a problem. Yet. Yep. Um, but as far as like any regulations, nothing that I'm doing is considered illegal. Yeah. So um, I think that I haven't had too much of a difficult issue, but I have I have had my trademark be um, returned for some like, you know, minor fixes. Minor but other than that, I feel like everything has been like pretty self-explanatory. Um, even for my trademark, like I filed everything myself. Like I didn't get a lawyer for it. Um, get out. Yeah, like I feel like if you sit and read and Google and YouTube, you can literally figure out how to do anything. Okay. So like I do ask questions from people that I feel like are like, you know, distinguished in that field or if I do need actually help. But I figure out how to do everything by myself. Like, especially when it comes to even if I am like hiring someone to do the job, you need to know. I'll how learn to how to do it myself mm -hmm. just so I know how much time it's gonna take, mm -hmm. how much money do I think this type of job would like, you know, deserve to be paid for. Mm -hmm. And that way you know if you're not being overcharged or not, because when you start, you know, being a business owner, you're on a strict budget for the most part. You don't wanna waste any money, you know? So exactly. I feel like I try to teach myself every aspect of everything. If it means sitting and reading something for a couple hours, and like I'll do it. So that's what's up. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think that so often people like to jump into the finished product mm -hmm. and they don't enjoy the process. And it's in the process that you really are able to influence your genius, influence oh, yeah. the, pro the product by your genius. Mm -hmm. If you just get into the end product, then you're gonna have what everybody else has. Mm -hmm. But the uniqueness comes comes in when you mold it and shape it into exactly. who and what you want it to be. Even mm -hmm. the name, your name being Michaela, yeah. Smack Pack, Smack, you know, like Smacked all of it. Smack by Mac. Smack by Mac. <laughs> yeah. It's all so crafty in terms of branding, but it's also very intentional. Mm -hmm. It shows the intentionality. Yeah, because when you get high, you want to feel smack. Yes. I love <laughs> every bit of it. She has taglines galore. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is super dope, too, is the fact that you are able to like really discuss various aspects of the process because mm -hmm. most start small business owners will make the excuse to say, I'm not going to do it because I don't have an attorney or I don't have a graphic designer. Tell me about what inside of you is like, like what's it's, um, you clearly, I mean, you said a couple yeah. of things like clearly 
you did your thing to get into Spelman. Mm -hmm. Let's first of all say that. We're not going to minimize black excellence. Thank you so much. Not on this podcast. You clearly did your thing to get out of Spelman from California, Mm -hmm. still in Atlanta, making it happen, Mm -hmm. keeping your name out there. So shout out to you. Thank you so much. I mean, you got to celebrate. I got to celebrate you. small wins. It's it's the small wins Mm -hmm. because it shows the trajectory of your journey. Mm -hmm. So you you shared with me before the show that your first time consuming was in the studio. Yeah. You want to share that? Okay. So I, like I said, I was always a really good girl. Um, so I actually was in the studio with one of my friends. She used to do um, like video type, like modeling or whatever. So she just got cool with like a couple people like in, um, you know, a rapper's like yeah. crew or whatever. Yeah. And so at the time I had just met my boss. Um, or actually, no, retract. I'm getting it mixed up. No, no, no. Me and her went to the studio to just hang out, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're there and everyone's like playing music. So it was with Young Thug. Young Thug was in the studio mm-hmm. and he had a blunt in his hand. So he's he's pretty nice. He was going around the room, like asking me if they want to smoke. Mm-hmm. And he had handed me the blunt and I didn't want to say no because I didn't want to be rude. Mm-hmm. Me, little Orange County, like, no, like, that's okay. Like, thank you, you know? <laughs> so I like hit it. But in my head, I didn't really feel like high mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. But then when I was sitting there, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, <laughs> I like, yeah. Um, and it was just quite the experience. I feel like I look back on that night as just like a whirlwind. And you have to understand like where I'm from, like coming to Atlanta for the first time. That was probably like my like second or third week like out here. Like I That's hadn't been so in Atlanta funny. for that long. Um, and I think that experience made me want to like try it again. So I think I tried it with one of my friends from, um, from Maryland. Um, and he had rolled up and I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't really start actively rolling until like probably, I think the first time I rolled a blunt was sophomore year of college yeah. and I think I only rolled it because it was for work like I was like I learned how and the only reason I learned how to roll how to roll weed was because like I said I like to know how things work and why they work and so I saw a girl smoking once and in my head I'm like how do you get it to burn like that like teach me how to roll <laughs> right and she was from Baltimore and she had set me down she's like you just do it like this and she taught me how to roll back with but it wasn't because I wanted to smoke it was just because I wanted to know how it worked that's yeah. so crazy and so, so you talk about I'm gonna kind of jump into the story about the competition mm-hmm. and how that happened because what I love is your awareness of instinct oh yeah so let's absolutely. talk about the competition and how you ended up competing okay um so I actually um I okay so I do creative direction and I do a lot of like creative work as well. So I was doing someone's birthday shoot that day and she actually, she needed me to go buy her some bundles because I had her hair appointment scheduled for that day. So I ended up leaving the summit for like probably like 30 minutes or like just go run, pick up this hair and go drop it off at her hairstylist. And so when I came back, I had saw you guys lined up to like go and present you guys like presentations. And I was like, oh my God, like I have a pitch deck. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be up there. Like, should I go ask someone? And I just started looking around for people wearing their curls t-shirt. And so I saw one of the um, workers and I was like, hey, um, you know, I have my deck. Can I email it to you so I can go present? And she was like, oh, wait, one second. Let me go double check on it. So then people were presenting. But the first couple girls, they didn't have an actual deck actually Mm -hmm. made. Mm -hmm. And so then you went on stage and I had saw that you presented with your deck. And I was like, yeah, I have a presentation. Like, I need to go up there. (laughs) So I went and asked another um, another lady and I said, hey, I gave my um, I think her name was Liza. I said, I sent my deck over to Liza and I'm waiting to see if I'm going to be able to present or not to the judges. And she's like, oh, let me just double check. I'll be right back. And so. Then you had finished. I think there was one other lady after you. So I thought she was just going to like cut it. Like, okay, like that was just it. We're taking those people. And she comes back. She's like, can you go on stage in like 30 seconds to a minute? And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, like, sure. So I go up on stage and I didn't like practice or anything. It was kind of like a last minute thing. But 
I mean, like, I think everything, like, happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I am a religious person. I would say I'm more spiritual mm-hmm. than, like, religious. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the one thing that my, like, parents have always taught me is that if you don't ask, it's always going to be a no. Mm. So you might as well just ask and get that, like, no to your face or it's going to be a yes. So, like, you never know what you can get off of things if you don't open your mouth. Mm-hmm. And, like, closed mouths really don't get fed. So I'm pretty, like, open to just talking. Not anyone, but, like, I'm pretty, like, social for the most part. You I know, think that, that also comes from navigating terrain, like, so far away from home. Like, oh. you had to figure it mm-hmm. out. And I love the fact that that, question led you to five thousand dollars that day and that's how i think about it too because i i did not think i obviously you want to say like i'm confident you know what i mean but like in my head when i was watching everyone present i was like i don't really know because i have a rolling paper company like people i think i obviously am proud of myself but i don't know how other people you know it's a stigmatization to it you know what i mean so yeah and one of the judges one of the judges Mm -hmm. shout out to all of the judges tara carissa hodges Kendra with Beauty Studio, Arlen uh, Hamilton mm-hmm. with Backstage Capital. We appreciate you. Thank you. But one of the judges even said that there, during my presentation, yes. that there was a little bit of a... That's kind of what threw me off is when you were presenting and she <laughs> said, yeah, like, you know, it kind of just triggers me a little bit. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know how this is going to go. But when I went up there, I think I made a point to say something about it. And she said, no, 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 like, I want to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> I said, okay. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the things that I loved about your presentation is that your passion for what you've built and your why behind it, it just, it it, it oozed throughout your presentation. And what I also appreciated was the fact that when a person looks at Smacked, they see all of you. Yeah. They see the creativity and the branding and the 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 name, and also they see the ingenuity with sourcing the paper, mm-hmm. identifying specific things that you can make better. Your yeah. value proposition, mm-hmm. which we're not telling, because yeah. it is her top secret. <laughs> but I'm just so proud of you. Thank you so much. I want this show to highlight business opportunities in the industry. I want this show to highlight that if we are going to spend thousands upon tens of thousands upon even hundreds of thousands of dollars consuming, then why not position ourselves? When I launched WH Farms, it was all about telling people, plant your flag in this industry while it's growing. Don't wait until the industry takes off. And then once it becomes hundred billion dollar industry, you turn around and say, dang, I've been smoking for 30 years and I don't have no stake in cannabis. No, you can have stake in cannabis and you can even own your own brand in cannabis Mm -hmm. and grow as the industry is growing. Exactly. And we're at the start of it right now. Like you said, it's a renaissance. It's the renaissance. Mm -hmm. I am so proud. Congratulations. And I want you to tell everybody where they can find their Smack Pack. So my personal Instagram is Mac Parks, M-A-K-P-A-R-K-S-S-S, three S's. Um, I have my business in my bio, but the page is at RU Smack, the letter R, the letter U, and then S-M-A-K-D. I have the website in the bio, but the website is www.rusmack.com. I love it. I love Thank it. You. And with every purchase, I know that they get something special, oh, right? Yes. With every purchase, I actually have um, this glass tip. So I put my roaches in here sometimes to smoke just so I don't burn my nails or yes, burn my lips. protect us. And then even it's also good for like, you know, you don't want to get lip gloss in the blunt in the rotation. Yeah. And then you also mentioned earlier with COVID, you know, it's still going around yep it's kind of a healthier and safer way to kind of smoke with people so 
it comes free with every single purchase that you do with I Max. love that. See, yes. when you guys buy, I'm not going to say any names because I don't want any sort of lawsuits, but when you buy those other brands, they don't give you these free, considerate gifts, especially for us ladies and our manicures. So I just want to congratulate you. Thank you so much for joining our show. Again, I'm excited to co-share a phenomenal moment with you, with us winning this pitch competition yes. and really just indicating the opportunities that exist for entrepreneurs and business owners in this industry. So kudos for blazing your trail. And guys, this is another episode of the Can of Coin podcast with Q Nicole. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you go and get smacked ASAP and definitely make sure you like, comment and share this video. Make sure you share it with your friends and you can follow me on social at Q Nicole McNair or our business page, WH Farms Co. We are the seed to shelf botanical manufacturing company. We grow hemp and we also help businesses launch or expand their CBD product line. So we are excited. If you want to be like Michaela and join the industry, we're here to help. Everybody have a great day. Thank you.